0: Good morning. Good morning. You're all very welcome this morning. Um, let's turn to the announcements very quickly and, and just remind you of some things that are happening over the next couple of weeks. Um, this afternoon, we have our afternoon communion service at three o'clock. And uh, then next uh, Saturday, we have our Christmas fair. This is the, the last Christmas fair uh, that uh, we'll be hosting. And so we want it to be a really special one. We hope you'll come and be part of it. You'll see a couple of announcements there at the bottom of the the front page, uh, one telling you about the fair itself and one telling you about donations and setup and if you can help in any way that would be much appreciated. And then if you flick over to the other side a couple of things uh, that we want you to to note. Uh, We are doing our support of Belfast City Mission Toy Appeal and that um, will be for the 10th of December. There's a list of the of the items that they, they ask for. You can bring them in before the 10th, but certainly no later than the 10th of December. Uh, and likewise for Storehouse this year, uh, our task as part of, of the, uh, the production of, of Christmas hampers this year, we're being asked to provide 250 cartons of long life milk. And again, you can bring that in between now and the 10th, but no later than the 10th of December. And finally, just to to say thank you to everyone who has um, been contributing uh, to the uh, United Appeal. Um, We're up to £10,099. We're getting very close uh, to our target. Let's keep going and let's see if we can manage that over the next two or three weeks and have that completed by the end of of this calendar year. That would be fantastic. And then, last of all, uh, you'll find, if you didn't notice it on the way in, Um, On the communion table, and you can come up at the end of the service, uh, there are uh, two Christmas cards. Uh, One for Neil and Jenny, who are serving in uh, Chile with Latin Link, and one for Shona, who's serving with YWAM in Australia. And we'd love you uh, to come and uh, and to sign your name on the the sheets of paper we're going to include with those Christmas cards. Just a greeting from us to say that we're thinking of them uh, and that we're wishing them well over the Christmas season. And in connection with that, Brent is going to come and do something as well. <laughs> you can explain. <laughs> so,
1: as uh, as part of that, um, we went to Christian College. We want to take a picture. So I want to stand with my uh, super camera. And uh, oh, that's good. So sorry, sorry, choir. Maybe take a special one of you. Yeah. So if you. Just, he didn't smile. i will ask you to wave in a minute, okay? But I was going to take one. Okay. No. Both hands up in the air. Wave. Woo! Great. So we're
2: going
1: to take one of the choir as well. Okay, great. Okay. Come on. Oh, hello. Huh. Um... So one of the things that we do loads is what? Every day, a lot of us do it. I bet you can't guess. Sleep? Well, yes, some of us sleep loads. Yes, not me. Well, let me give you a clue. Sometimes you can see it on our faces. We walk around like this. Maybe, maybe it's just me. Think, yeah, close, close. Worry, we worry. Oh, who, oh, and we worry. Hey, see, well, we worry. <laughs> some of us we worry, some, some of us, for some of us, our worries are really big, and we have no idea what to do with it. It feels really, really heavy. So, what are the things? What are some of the things that we could worry about? What are some of the things that we worry about? Hmm. I wonder if someone can give me Sophie. Where is Sophie? Sophie, don't give me a hand. I should have asked Sophie beforehand. Right, Sophie, you. I want you can wear my backpack. Okay. So if you just stand facing the congregation, that's it. Excellent, excellent. Oops, don't fall. So what are some of the things we worry about? Give me a big worry. You worry about money. Okay, money, I think it's a big worry. Hold on, Sophie. Sophie, Missy. me oh, see. Big worry. Yes. Nah, she's not tired yet. What other thing we worry about? Yes, what do we worry about? Friday, Oh, Ach, For you, for you, that's a small worry. You know, that's a small... So we need a small... We need a Friday test. We need a small worry. You know, that's ironic that this book is praise. But anyway. Small worry. Is it heavy yet? No, it's no, not I'm um, cool. But yes, what else do we worry about? Getting to school on time. Yes, that was never a big worry of mine, but yes, getting to school on time, yes, we'll make that a really big one.
2: It's a small one.
1: How's that? It's a bit heavier, isn't it? Yes. Just, you, you hang hanging there. No, not long to go. Let me just take some of your hair out of the way here. Oh, and Some more worries. We need another worry. What's a big worry? The, w- the weather. We live in Ireland, so I'm going to say no. Yes, the weather is a worry. But I need another worry. What do you really worry about? Health. Yeah, our health. Okay. It's getting heavy, isn't it, Sophie? Our health is a big one. You okay? Hold on. All right, Sophie, how heavy is that? Is it very heavy? Ah, I'm going to hold this here for a second. Now, when we worry, it feels like it gets heavier and heavier and heavier, doesn't it? Especially if you worry about loads and loads of things. See, if I was to let go, oh, that would be heavy. Imagine, let's walk. Let's walk down the aisle and see. Let's go for it. Let's go walk. That's horrible, isn't it? It's horrible to walk. Let's maybe just stop there. It's horrible to walk with so many worries. One of the things we come to church for, one of the reasons why we come to church, is that hopefully when we pray, we can give God our worries. And sometimes when we do that, it feels a bit lighter. Does that feel a bit lighter? Yeah. It feels a bit lighter. How does that feel? Feels good, doesn't it? You can shake around, move around. And that's what we want. We want to come to church so that we can give our worries to God. No matter what they are, whether it be health, about money, being late, or Friday tests. Because we know that God looks after us and cares for us. And that's why we come to church. So let's say a quick prayer. So you stay with me and we'll say a quick prayer. Father God, what we do today is that we want to come to you And give you our worries and concerns. So that our lives may feel lighter. So that we can dance and sing and have loads of fun. So whatever we do from here on, may that be the thing that we focus on. That you take away our worries and make our lives lighter. Because you love us and you care for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Give Sophie a big hand. Because that was heavy. Okay. So with that in mind... And because it's cold, we're going to stand and we're going to sing and dance together. Okay? So this is very cool. So we're going to stand and sing. So let's stand and we're going to sing a familiar song that we've, been, that we've been learning. It's dance, laugh, and something. <laughs> okay, let's go. Albin, you can come stand next to We can uh, ask our young people to leave for jam. And other exciting things. He's making disciples if, uh, if anybody is going to making disciples. The long walk. <laughs> I hope she tells stories about me anyway. Let's us, let us pray, and for our young people, especially as they go. Father, we come to, uh, to you this morning, wanting to worship you, to praise you, um, but ultimately to be loved by you, to be changed by you, to know what it means to have the Father wrap his arms around us and say, I love you. Father, we come this morning from different places, having experienced different weeks, some joyful weeks, some weeks just normal, and others maybe a week filled with pain and hurt and difficulties and challenges. In this moment, even though it may be difficult to let go, we want to ask just for this moment that we may be able to give those burdens to You so that we can remember and remind ourselves of Your resurrection hope. So we ask for Your presence, for the rest of the service as we sing and as we pray and listen to your word as always that we may be brave enough and courageous enough to allow the words of your message and the hymns that we sing to touch our hearts in your name we pray Amen we're going to stand together and sing our first hymn I heard the voice of Jesus say, let's stand together
2: Let us take some time to pray for others. Lord, be in our head and in our understanding. God, be in our eyes and in our looking. Be in our mouths and in our speaking. God, be in our hearts and in our thinking. This morning, Lord, we acknowledge you as Lord and God, and we praise you for being our Heavenly Father, a father who longs to know the desires of our hearts and into our lives and meet our areas of our deepest needs. We confess that at times we hide ourselves from you. We are slow to bring you our fears, our concerns and our praises to you. Lord, in the midst of all our thoughts and feelings this morning, we want to lift others up before you and we ask that you will hear our prayers. Lord, we pray for Egypt this morning after the deadly bomb in the north of the country that has killed more than 300 people and injured many others. We ask that your comfort would be brought to those who mourn, your strength to those who care for the injured and to those who are working on the bomb site, your wisdom to the politicians of Egypt, and repentance to those who planted the bomb. Lord, In your mercy hear our prayer. Lord again we pray for the many people who are risking their lives to leave behind countries that are in pain and terror for freedom and peace in a new land. We think this morning of those migrants who have died after their boat capsized off the coast of Libya. Their hopes and dreams for a secure and better future lost on the waves of the sea. We cannot imagine their desperation for a better life or the risks that they take which so often end in disaster. Bring comfort to those who survived and may your compassion be shown by the countries that host these migrants. And may we be encouraged to search our hearts and minds as to giving a Christ-like reaction to the opportunities we get to help. And may the nations of this world awake and shake and find a peaceful, safe and stable future for the people of all countries. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for the changes in Zimbabwe and their new president. Lord, that he may restore justice to the country and that those who have been overlooked and marginalised and wronged may find a new sense of hope and peace and future in their country lord in your mercy hear our prayer lord closer to home we continue to pray for the brexit discussions regarding the way forward we pray for clarity of thought and for the best process that will be put in place for ireland for scotland for wales and for england we ask that here in northern ireland our leaders and politicians would be able to see a future for northern ireland and be able to find a way forward for Stormont. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for all our children who are sitting exams this season. For those who are doing the AQE or the GL or both, may these little ones know that who they are in you is not defined by the results of this exam. May all who sit exams be aware of your peace. And we pray for our church, Stormont, as we enter the Advent, may each of us be seeking a new vision and a deeper insight into the birth of Jesus and what this means for our lives. May your presence and peace be with Albin and Brent as they lead our thoughts during this special time. May your comfort and your peace be with each of us, each with our own fears and pain and joy and wonderings over this season. In your name, we pray all these things. Amen.
1: We're going to continue our worship this morning by singing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And maybe after that reflective prayer, maybe we'll just sit and sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
3: The reading is taken from Matthew chapter 6. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own.
1: We continue our worship by focusing on the amazing wonders of Jesus Christ. And As as we come to our sermon, we're going to stand and sing a mighty to save. Again, focusing that Jesus is our only Savior and our only hope. Let's stand together. Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar.
3: Nah. Here
1: we go, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. <clears throat> Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hear me in from behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I think, yeah. No. Nah. You may be wondering about the title of the sermon. <laughs> and you may be wondering, what oops, what is a penguin got to do with worry? Well, how many of you, as I read that famous hymn or psalm, admittedly I did read it badly, how many of you focused on the penguin? and wondering what the penguin has to do with the psalm, or indeed the sermon, or indeed the reading for that matter. The answer is this. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I just enjoyed having a penguin up front. (laughs) The point I'm trying to make is, when we worry, when things in our mind consume us, we focus on it, don't we? We focus on it, even though we know that it's not supposed to be there. Maybe it should, I don't know. We focus on it. Even though I've read this lovely psalm, and as I read that psalm, I know that it's all of God saying He loves me and He cares for me, but yet I'm wondering, what has this penguin got to do with that? And what I'm trying to illustrate is that sometimes, no matter how beautiful the world is, No matter how beautiful beautiful things, lovely things are happening around us, the promises we have, if there's something in our life that is worrying us or that's concerning us, it consumes us, all we can do is picture that. So right now I'm going to take away the penguin. (laughs) I don't want you to focus on the penguin while I'm doing my sermon. (laughs) So I'll put it over here and hide it from the choir even so they don't see it. In this passage, what Matthew is trying to capture, why he's trying to, he's trying to um, talk to them about the assumptions and challenge them about the assumptions, about where their hope lies. What are the important things in their life? Where do they get their influence from? Who directs them? Because in that time, there were lots of religions around, lots of fads around, and you could focus on a whole lot of different things. So you could choose which one you wanted to focus on. And here, Matthew, through Jesus, through the writings of Matthew, is trying to say that if you become a follower of Jesus Christ, if you become a Christian, he's saying that to us too, do you really focus all your hope on Jesus? Do you really trust him? Again, for us, we have to ask ourselves, why is he saying this? Why why would he say this to us? Because, he, because Jesus wants us to live resurrected lives. Jesus asking us these deeper questions because He wants us to live lives that are full of peace and hope that is lasting and not be distracted by things that take us away from Jesus. No matter what we face, He wants us to have joy and hope. You know that famous, well, was famous, Too strong of a word. But the thing that I often say is that we shouldn't be Christians dipped in lemon juice being sour all the time. Jesus doesn't want that for our lives. He wants things that are lasting in our lives, even though we face hard or difficult things. He wants us to live lives that are different. So the world outside can see there's something different about this person. And we can say, my life is different because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I've discovered the love of the Father. I've discovered joy. No matter what I face, no matter what I look at, even though my life is hard and difficult, I have joy. And, this, and sometimes this joy is difficult to put our fingers on, but we know from the inside it's because we are followers of Jesus. So we all want that, don't we? I want that. So today we're going to ask ourselves, what lies below the waterline? One of the questions we're going to ask ourselves is, what is the iceberg of who we are? Now, I'm not saying, as I look at you, that you are cold people, even though you may be feeling cold right now. You're all lovely, lovely people. What this iceberg represents, you could say, is us. We are that bit in the top of the water that everybody sees. The smiling face, the people who are happy, um, the people who are maybe joyful, yes. But sometimes, underneath that, maybe the bit that nobody can see is the bit that drives us. Maybe for you, as you sit there and as you reflect on it, it's maybe the hurt and pain that you have that nobody else sees. Maybe it's that unforgiveness, when you've asked someone forgiveness and they've said no, or maybe you don't forgive somebody else, and that is driving you. Maybe someone has wronged you, and that is still sitting with you. Maybe it's pride and anger, a pretense. Maybe you feel lost. Maybe you just feel angry. And that is actually who you are. That's why you feel when no one's looking. Maybe that's how when you go to work and you work hard and you got a job that you've worked hard for and that defines who you are. All that bit that nobody else can see. You. We know people like that, don't we? When they pretend to be kind and nice, but yet you know that they're, they're really angry inside because there's something inside of them, maybe below the waterline that is driving them. When we come to this passage uh, that was read to us by Lorraine, sometimes we can read it as good self-help material. We'd go to a, maybe a bookstore, um, a famous bookstore, and we'd see it among the self-help books. that says we shouldn't be angry as good old-fashioned advice, and that we can't take our possessions with us, and we shouldn't worry um, but the questions in the passage, as we know, are deeper than that. Especially for us, who have, have lived our lives and had loads of books to read about Jesus and Matthew and understanding more about what Jesus has said, as we look at this passage, this passage is asking us through the ages, is it God, or do we choose God, or greed? Greed. Yeah, greed is defined as things that are just for us, selfishness. Or do we say the things of God, or do we choose the things of God, or do we choose anxiety? Those things that are not from heaven. Do we choose things like forgiveness, grace, mercy, joy, love, or do we choose things that are just about us, that make us feel happy? Here he's asking us through the ages, what is our focus? What do we value? What are the things that we seek? What is below the waterline in your own life? Interestingly, in this bit of Matthew, he starts with asking, what is your treasure? I mean, he's saying things we already know. You can't take your treasure with you um, when you die. You can't take your wealth with you when you die. Actually, the words he says is, do not stock up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and, and steal. We all know that, don't we? But we also know that there are things in our lives that we want to hold onto, that no one else can see. And if we, if we reflect on our lives, we can see uh, that there is hurt and pain, that we do hurt people because of how we feel, because of the unforgiveness that we have, because of the hurt that we've received, maybe when we were younger. If I look at my own life, I know there's some values that I'd love to change. There's some things that that lie below the waterline that I'd love to change, love to get rid of. And God is still working in my life. And I hope that from today and that He's working in yours. He says, store up your, your treasure in heaven. And what He means by this, is that we should store up the things of God. The The treasures of heaven are things like justice and mercy and forgiveness and grace. And most of all, relationship with the Father that's filled with love. Because it's those things that start to change us. Eugene Peterson has a lovely handle on this. He says, the place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. So where is that for you? Where is that for you? There's actually a scientific term called the uh, treasure principle. And it's very simple. It says, what you treasure is the thing that will transform you. What you treasure is the thing that will transform you. If you treasure the things of God, you will be transformed into the person that God made you to be. If you treasure the things that are outside of God, then you'll end up being something that God doesn't want you to be. You'll never discover in God's wholeness what He wants you to be. You'll half-heartedly maybe discover your love, His love, because you found it hard to let go of the hurt and pain you have in your life. You found it hard to give it over to God. You found it hard to give over that anxiousness. That anxiousness defines who you are. When I had Sophie up at the front, you carry that with you. As followers of Jesus, we don't want to live like this. The world is hard enough. Even in our prayers for others, we discover that the world is difficult and hard. And In our own personal lives, Things are challenging. God doesn't want us to live like this. He wants us to open our eyes to Him and live a different way. Later on, Eugene Peterson interprets Matthew's words as follows. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. That's a lovely picture. And don't we want that for all of us and for the people next to us, for our bodies to fill up with light? Through this passage, he's saying, Christ is greater than anything you don't have in life. Christ is greater than anything you don't have in life. I want that for my soul. I want Christ for my soul so I can have the treasures in heaven now. There's a famous story um, that's been read and been told many times. And it's about a, a boat, um, about a shipbuilder who wanted to build the greatest ship of all, greatest, greatest yacht of all. And he told everybody that he was going to build the best, best boat of all. He was going to spare no expense, use all his life savings, sell his house, sell his cat, man, everything, to build this wonderful boat. So what he did was, while building this boat, he got the most colorful, beautiful masks you could ever, masks and sails that you could ever imagine. The cabin inside was fitted with the latest fittings. It was painted colourfully and it looked absolutely gorgeous. Even if you weren't into yachts and boats and sails, even someone like Albin would have loved this yacht, because Albin doesn't like the sea or sailing. So he would have loved this yacht. He would have said, I admire this yacht, it's beautiful. This man who built this yacht... This man who um, spent all this money, he dreamed of getting people's applause for this yacht because um, it was absolutely gorgeous. He spent all his money on the appearance. He saw little need to look or to spend money on what was below and what people couldn't see. So he didn't worry too much about what was below the waterline. He worried about what people could see. He didn't worry too much about, about the weight of the boat. Because as you all know, in a yacht, what is below the waterline needs to be heavy to hold the yacht up, to hold what's above what you can see upright. He didn't worry too much about that. What he wanted to worry about was the applause, what people thought about it. And people commented on it. In fact, you could actually hear him say, why should I spend money and time on things that is out of people's sight? Why should I worry about that? Driven by this reason, he built this yacht. Everything gleamed and shone and was excellent latest fittings. He heard them talk about the sails, the brass, the rigging. He heard people talk about what the boat would mean to the boat club. Everybody said, this would be the best boat in our boat club. Everyone would be talking about our boat club because of this boat. In fact, people even thought of him and spoke of him as the next commodore of the boat club. Eventually the day came for the maiden voyage. Champagne was flowing. Um, everybody wished him well. People um, said again, that was an absolutely gorgeous yacht. The latest, uh, in the latest uh, yachting magazines, they came to take photographs of this yacht, Um, People sailed off with him as he went on this maiden voyage, as he led the way, standing behind the wheel. Um, The builder of this yacht felt pride. He, He stood up straight. He had confidence. He was in control of the yacht. It felt like he was in control of the ocean, like he was in control of the boat club because everybody admired him because of this yacht. A few miles in, storm started to come in. It wasn't a hurricane, it was just a storm. The waves started to get higher and higher. The boat started to (laughs) shudder. The the waves crashed. I didn't mean that, but that was good, thank you. (laughs) Um, The waves started to shudder. The the boat started to shudder. The waves crashed over. Suddenly, you start to think, Perhaps I'm not the best captain after all. Because the others already had left it because they were experienced uh, captains. They had seen the, the storm clouds coming and they had turned back. But he hadn't noticed. The boat started falling apart. The mast broke. The sails shredded. The boat capsized. Such confidence. In fact, he had such confidence in his own ability that he fitted the boat with no no life jacket, no life raft, no radio. When they eventually found the wreckage, they noticed that the keel, the boat boat that sits under the boat, wasn't as heavy as as it was supposed to be. There was more weight above the waterline rather than underneath to keep the boat upright. It needed more weight below the waterline. Didn't he know that the oceans were dangerous? That you can't sail a yacht that is light above the waterline, or heavy above the waterline and light below the waterline. Only foolish yacht builders build above the waterline. What things in your life are holding you upright? Do you have enough things below the waterline to keep you upright during a storm? Do you have enough weight below the waterline? Is, does God filling you with these treasures below the waterline or most of your treasures what people can see? Maybe... Superficial. In the New Testament, there's a writer called Paul who spends a lot of his time in jail. And he writes to the Philippian church. In jail, Paul is most vulnerable. He's close to death at any time. And he pens this letter to the Philippians. And it has this verse in it. Or this bit in it. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Jesus Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If we want our treasures to be or come from heaven now, if we want peace and hope now, if we want to rejoice in God now, if we, want, if we want to have peace that passes all understanding now, we must add weight below the waterline and have God's love flow through us now. There's that small phrase in this passage that demonstrates the treasure principle. If, any, if in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. If we are facing storms in life or challenges or anxieties, we need to come to God with everything in prayer and petition and thanksgiving. If we want to focus on the things that are God that change us and transform us, we need to add weight below the waterline so that we can survive the storms of life. In this passage, Paul reminds us that God wants to bring us joy and hope and peace. And if we look at those things in the wrong places, we will be filled like a heavy bag with weights on it, rather than be free, knowing that there's a Savior who wants to love us. Let's pray. Father God, we face challenges and difficulties in our lives. Things that rob us of your love. And we know with all our heart that you don't want that. You want us to live with joy and resurrected lives despite the challenges we face. You want us to know that we can come to you and have these treasures. So, Father, in this moment of quietness, of reflection, We give our anxieties and challenges and difficulties to you. We give them to you so that we may live lives that are free, full of hope and joy and meaning. In your name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn uh, this morning is In Christ Alone. Let's stand and worship together.